0: I grew up in uh, Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. It's about an hour from here. I was pretty close with my parents. My mom, she like, led Girl Scouts. I went hunting with my dad. We didn't even speak that much. He would stand, and I would sit next to him, and we didn't talk. But every morning, at like 5 in the morning, we got a sun drop and a pack of naps. And that was like our thing, and I loved it. Growing up, my parents, I never really saw love between them. Um, there's a lot of fights, a lot of just bickering, or they just didn't talk a lot. After the divorce, my dad wasn't a big part of my life. I was very angry at him. I didn't really talk to him at all, but I wanted the pain to go away. I still wanted to be comforted. I started doing a lot of drinking, a lot of um, smoking, a lot of Oxycontin and stuff like that. Those are definitely my uh, favorite things. It helped me escape, it helped me to just not feel. Um, I think I took him so much to the point that I just didn't feel anything anymore, um, which I liked. Anything that I could do that was rebellious, I decided to do. One of my close friends, that she was also a partier with me. She started coming to Hope, and she just kept mentioning to me, I was like, nah, I don't want any part of that. And then over time, I think she just kept relentlessly pursuing me. So eventually, I decided to come. And I still was like, I'll come for you. It's not really my thing. And then after a while, I started coming again and again. I was stirring a lot in my heart. I even remember the very first time I prayed, I was just like, God, if you hear me, that's great. If you don't, I'm just talking to a wall. I think over time, just finding that love, that's where I feel like it became church for me. People were so excited when they saw me, and it was very open that I could actually be who I was, the dirty and the good. And at that point, I didn't want to be that person anymore, so I kept changing. Um, Eventually, I stopped doing the drugs, and then I eventually gave my life back to Christ. It wasn't easy, though. I still had all these troubles. I still had all these emotions that I couldn't put aside. I ended up getting a care minister here, and she helped me walk through, like, why I was so angry. I was angry for so long, I forgot why I was even angry. When she walked me through that, she helped me repair my relationship with my father. It wasn't until when I started coming here that I understood what forgiveness was and was finally able to forgive him through it. He tells me, I love you and I'm proud of you, which I haven't heard that in a long time from him, and I still tear up every time I hear him say it. Having someone serve me was incredible. Um, it was intimidating at first um, because I didn't feel worthy of being served. But then over time, felt freeing for me to have somebody come alongside of me and really be next to me.
1: Well, now yeah, you can you can clap for that. That's that's fantastic. It's such a great. Sorry, you're going to hear a little bit more of Christina's story in a little bit. Uh, we're in week two of our series called Selfless. And, and we know, right? I don't have to convince you. We live in a very selfish culture. I blame Burger King. It started years ago when they said we could have it our way, right? And and ever since then, it's turned into this selfie generation. And, and we know, right? We know that, that if we could just learn to be a little bit more selfless, right? And, and worried about ourselves and focused on ourselves, that our world in general, would be, would be a lot better. It, it just would. And so we, uh, we're in this series and we're talking about that and what that can look like for us. It's really written and, and based around a quote from, um, from Pastor Mike's new book called uh, You Can't, God Can. And, and he wrote this incredible book and, and I found a quote in it and kind of stole it and, and we built this series around that. But here's the quote from the book. It's this, there's no greater joy in life than realizing that God has used you to impact his kingdom by changing another's spiritual destiny, nothing else comes close. And last week, what we talked about is that there, there's all kinds of great experiences that we're going to face in our lives. But the greatest experience is when we are used by God to impact the life. Of someone else, right? That, that never gets boring, it never gets old, and, and so that's what we're talking about in, in this series. Now let me ask you a question, how many of you have ever um, received a gift, maybe it was a Christmas gift or, or a birthday gift, you don't have to put your hand up, but you received it, right, and, and then you you opened it, but you you never actually did anything with it, right? It's just like it's still sitting on a, on a shelf somewhere or, or something, right? Like, we know that because we've all done it, we've all done that in, in our lives before, in fact this is probably going to start some, um, some fun conversation. Between you and your spouse at dinner or lunch later, right? Where you're gonna you're gonna talk about that. But by the way, like babe, right? Like I, you still haven't worn that sweet camo jacket I got you from Cabela's last Christmas, right? And and she may reply with, a, Yeah, well, the treadmill was never meant to be a second closet, right? And so maybe there's those things in our lives that that we receive, but we just uh, we don't use them. I've told you this story before, and. Uh, it was, uh, I think, our third Christmas in into marriage for Laura and I, and, and uh, I'm, I'm a dude, right? And so um, when I find something that I like in terms of clothes or, or whatever, I just get it in all the things, right? Like, that's just what I do. I get it in all the colors and, and whatever. I have, like, one, my jeans, like, they're all from the same store, they're the exact same fit, the exact same size, they're just in different colors, right? Like, that's, that's just how I roll. I have got my shirts, I have, like, four different brands of shirts, they're all, the same fit in about 63 different colors of plaid, right? But that's, that's my closet for you. When I find it, I just, I just buy multiples of it because I, I like it. And so one Christmas I went shopping for Laura and I found the sweetest sweater vest that you have ever seen in your life. And so not only did I buy it, I bought three of them for her, right? And I wrapped them individually because I knew that every time she opened one, it was going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, the response from her. Now, let me just pause for a second and and just tell you, uh, first of all, yes, in the late 90s sweater vests were cool. And so uh, just in case you were wondering that, the second is that our very first Christmas should have taught me a lesson. And and it was this. Uh, Our first Christmas, we realized that we had different traditions growing up. In my family, we were unapologetic in returning things, right? It was no big deal. If you didn't like it, take it back. It made shopping very easy. You just hit the first rack at the first store. You just bought a bunch of stuff. They're like, they'll take it back anyways. It's no big deal. Laura's family grew up completely different right like when you were given something at Christmas you kept it and you fake smiled all the way through it and pretend you loved it even if you didn't and so we didn't know that until that first Christmas I gave her a bunch of gifts I said sweetie you can take all those back if you want like whatever you want she's like no I love them. And I thought, yeah, you're probably right, because I did a good job shopping for you, right? Like, you should love them. And, uh, and then I think she felt obligated to return it. so she said, uh, return the, the, or the, the statement. So she said, hey, if there's anything you want to take back, feel free to take that back. And I was like, good, this shirt, I don't like it at all, right? I'm going to take that back. And, tears. There was a lot of tears in our, very, in our very first Christmas. And well, by the third Christmas with the sweater vest, she had moved on from that all together. She took them all back. Didn't keep a single, didn't keep a single one of those uh, sweet sweater vests that I bought her. Now, how many times in your life, right, have you done that? You've got a gift that's sitting somewhere. How many of you have a gift card in your wallet that you've been holding on to since like Christmas, just in case, right? Like, uh, you never know when I might run out of money and I might need to go eat at McDonald's or whatever. And you're just holding on to those things? How many of you have gifts that you've never used more than twice? And the first time was that Christmas when you took it out of the box and plugged it in and went, Woo! and you're like, okay, it works, right? And, and we just, we do that. We all do that with gifts in our lives. Either we don't like it, so we don't use it, or, or we just forget about it. It sits on a shelf. It sits in our closet, and it just kind of collects dust. Well, let me tell you something about this, right? God has given you a spiritual gift. And it's not a, a three-day gift, right? It's not a 30-day gift. It is a gift that if we put into practice, if you open it and, and you receive it and you use it over and over and over again, you're gonna discover in your life that it brings you joy and significance and helps you identify your purpose in life. In fact, God loves you so much that he has given you spiritual gifts. And those gifts help you understand that purpose. Now, I want you to discover today, and then that's really what we're going to talk about: is is how God has actually gifted you. Now, if you're here today, let me just stop for a quick second. If, if you're here today because you were on your way to the beach and and the traffic, um, right? That you just got stuck in the wrong lane of traffic, and all of a sudden everyone was coming in, and you're like, I don't know how I ended up here, but it, now I'm here at, at church. Um, let me say sorry first of all, and uh, and welcome. We're uh, we're so glad uh, we're so glad you're here. If you're here, right? I just want you to know that this message today it's really geared at those that are followers of Jesus. If you would call yourself a Christian. And so you may be here today and going, I don't know about the whole God thing, right? Like I'm still checking that out. I'm not sure, Donnie, that I would call myself a Christian. Let me just say a couple things. First, we're so glad you're here. All right, we really, really are. This is a fantastic place to be and you can be back, just get back in the same lane of traffic and it'll take you to the beach. You'll be, you'll be fine um, in just a little while. But here's what we want you to know as well. You don't have to do anything today. You just get to simply sit back. You don't have to put into practice a single thing that I'm going to tell you today. There is no guilt. There's no expectations for you, right? If you're just still checking out this whole God thing. But let me say this. If you listen to this and at some point in your life you decide that you do want to have a relationship with Jesus, then you're going to get to hear today about some of the benefits that come from that relationship with God. Now, the rest of us, right, if you would call yourself a follower of Jesus, you have been gifted by God. No one wakes up in the morning, right, and says, I hope my life sucks today, right? Like, that's never happened. Nobody, nobody thinks that because intuitively, right, and in, instinctively, we all have this desire for our lives to be great, and that's because God has wired us that way. God created us that way, and so let me ask you this question. What if God has gifted you in a unique way for a unique goal that only you can fulfill? What if God has gifted you in a way that he wants to use you to impact the life of someone else for eternity? What if that is, is true for you? Here's what I would say. Congratulations, you're gifted. Right, you, you really are, because that is true. That is what the Bible teaches. And so today I'm going to teach it a little bit differently than I normally do. We're going to take a look at a lot of different verses from the Bible, because this truth isn't just found in, in one book or from one author. It's all throughout the New Testament. And I want you to understand what the Bible says about the big picture of, of this truth of these gifts that God has given us. Now, I know there's several of you and, and a bunch of you that love taking notes. Let me just say the easiest form for you to take notes today would actually be to download our app and you can get all of the the points and the verses and the stuff are all in there and you can send that to yourself. But if you like to use your journal and and you want to take notes by hand, get ready for a hand cramp, right? Because that's just where we're we're going. But here we go. Let's get into this. There are at least three types. There's probably more, but there's three types of gifts in the Bible that I, I just want to make sure that we're clear about. The first is this, is the gift of eternal life. Now, this is kind of like, like Christmas or, or birthday, right? Where, where it's, not, it's better than a sweater vest, but it, this is a, it's a free gift. This isn't something that you have to earn. This isn't anything that you've deserved. It's simply given to you by someone who loves you. And uh, the gift of eternal life, right, is a gift that is given to us by God because he simply loves us. It's, it's as simple as that. You didn't earn it. You can't do anything to deserve this. It's just that God loved you so much that he gave the gift of his son, Jesus. And that through his sacrificial death, in our place for us, he took our sin. And through faith in Jesus, we are given the the righteousness of God. The Bible says that we are given forgiveness, that our past and present and all future sin is all removed from us, that we are set free from the the bondage and the control of of sin and death and all of those things in our lives, and we are actually adopted into God's family. That's what happens with the gift of eternal life. It is the greatest gift that you will ever receive. When you receive it by faith in who Jesus is, the greatest of any of these gifts. In fact, the next two that we're going to look at, they really come out of, of this gift. But that's the first one, the gift of eternal life. The second is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, after Jesus' resurrection, right, he went up, back up to heaven to be with his father. But when he did that, he didn't leave us alone. God's plan has never been like, hey, you guys just go down there and, and just, just figure it out. Try not to mess up, right, what it is that I, I've given you. That's never been God's plan. When we put our faith in Jesus, he gave us his spirit to live in us, to guide us, to help us, to encourage us, to really be the, the source of power in our lives so that we can follow Jesus and be transformed and changed into the image of Jesus. And so that's the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now here's the third gift, and this is really what we're going to talk about today. It's spiritual gifts. Now this is different than the first two gifts. 1 Corinthians 12.1 says this, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Right? And so Paul says, hey, this is, a, this is a big deal. This is something that we need to understand that you have to grasp hold of. I don't want you to be uninformed about this, and so we're gonna talk about it. Now, I wanna make sure that we're clear on a couple things, right? I don't want us to, to confuse this with the fruit of the Spirit. Now, in Galatians 5, right, that says that the Spirit develops fruit in our lives. Uh, there's nine of them, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, right? And, and the purpose of those fruits is for maturity in our lives. And so God's spirit produces those things in our lives so that we become mature in our relationship with God. That is different than spiritual gifts the spiritual gifts that God gives us are actually for the purpose of ministry. Not maturity, but, but ministry, okay? So that we can fulfill the purpose that God has given to each of us. Now here's the second thing I want to make sure. We don't confuse this with natural abilities, right? Natural abilities are given to us by God, but those are different as well. Some of you have musical skills. Some of you have athletic skills, right? Some of you are, are good at building stuff and it looks good when you're done. Some of you have math skills, computer hacking skills, whatever those things are. Those are are natural abilities that you have, but that is different than a spiritual gift given by God. Now for me, right, one of my gifts that, that God has given me is is, is teaching. Now, and I've shared this before. I'll just give you kind of the short version. But when I was in about the, the fifth or sixth grade, when I was growing up, I was incredibly shy, right? Like I, I didn't like talking to people at all. Like I, I just, it, it just, it just terrified me. And, and, and I just didn't like it. Well, in the fifth or sixth grade, we had to do, um, speech contests in, in all of our classes, and, and I was terrified, right? I mean, this just kept me up at night, so the thought of, of actually having to get up in front of my class and, and to share um, this speech, but, but I, I tried to figure out ways around it. I, I couldn't get out of it. I had to do it. And so I, I did it, right? I Finally, the day came and, and I gave this speech and my mom wrote an incredible speech for me and I ended up winning uh, for my class. And so um, now the competitive part of me was like, well, that's good, I love winning, right? And I was, but I was just done. I was so glad that it was over, that I never had to do it again. It was one of the most most terrible experiences in my life. Then I found out that by winning for my class, I actually had to go and and give my speech again for all of the grade, right? And so I had to do do it again, and I won again. And then I had to do it for my whole school, and I won again. And I had to go and represent my school in front of a bunch of other schools. Every single time, the crowd got bigger and bigger and bigger, and, and I hated it. Right? It was just so, it was the worst thing ever. And I was so glad when it was finally done. But they gave me this little trophy and I was just like, I don't even care. Right? And I brought it home and I, I threw it in the back of a trophy case that my grandfather had built with me full of, full of baseball and, and hockey trophies, all of these big real trophies. Right? And then I just kind of threw it in the back. Well, one day those all got packed up and, and uh, it was a few years ago. Laura and I, we were moving, and, uh, and she opened up this box, and she said, Donnie, we still have all of these trophies from when you were a kid. She's like, do you really want to move them again? I was like, no, no, let's just get rid of them. And so I started throwing them out, baseball trophies and hockey trophies, and throwing them out. And the box was completely empty except for this one little trophy that was hanging out in the bottom. And I reached down, and I grabbed it. When I read it, right, it was from the, the speech contest in fifth or sixth grade. And I got so emotional and overwhelmed because, because at that moment, I hadn't thought about this trophy. I hadn't thought about that moment in, in decades. And all of a sudden, I realized that even back then, right in the fifth or sixth grade, God was already beginning to develop within me a gift that even though it was, it was terrifying in the moment, was something that he wanted to use in my life later on. That's one of my gifts. Now, some of you may disagree, but I just want you to know that judging isn't a spiritual gift, right? So you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to, to do that. For some of you, maybe it's kids ministry. You love being in kids ministry, and, and, and you love um, holding babies and teaching kids about Jesus, and it's just natural for you. That is not a natural place for me, right? If I was in Kid City, I would need a lot of Duct tape, uh, that's just what I would know what I mean. Some of you thought I was going to say patience. No, duct tape. I literally would tape kids to walls, chairs, each other, whatever it would take, right? Because that is, that is just not, that's not the space for me. And so what does the Bible say about all of these spiritual gifts? Well, let's talk about this. Let me give you a, a definition that we're going to then unpack for the next few minutes. Here's the, the definition. A spiritual gift is a special supernatural ability given by the Holy Spirit to every believer at salvation to be used so that together we can advance God's purposes in the world. Let me read that one more time. It's a special supernatural ability. Not like superhero ability, right? It's not like flying or like laser shooting out of your eyes. This is a, But this is something that doesn't, you don't just do this on your own, right? This is a, a God-given thing given by the Holy Spirit to every believer at salvation so it can be used together. That we are meant to use these together to advance God's purposes in the world. See, but here's the problem. The problem is this. Statistics tell us that two-thirds of Christians, of followers of Jesus, have no idea what their gift is. So if you look to your left and you look to your right, right? Two of you are like, I, I don't know, right? I, gotta, I, don't, I don't know what that is. Now, you can imagine the quality of life if two-thirds of your body didn't know what its purpose was, right? You can imagine what that would be like. That's how a lot of us live, and that's how a lot of churches live, and maybe that actually explains why some people struggle with the church. Maybe that's why it, it doesn't ever seem to operate up into its, its potential of, of impact in the world. Maybe that's why people are confused by it, and sometimes it just seems like it's, it's out of touch. First Corinthians 14 1 Corinthians 14.1 says this, let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives and so today we're going to kind of take a 30,000 foot level at these spiritual gifts. And we're going to approach it kind of like a reporter and ask some of the questions. So let's start with who, right? Who receives spiritual gifts? That's the first question. And the answer is every Christian. Every Christian receives spiritual gifts. If you've put your faith in Jesus, if you believe that Jesus died for your sins and he rose again from the dead, right? That you can't, but God can, right? In fact, he already, he already did. And you put your faith in Jesus for that. As your Savior. If you've done that, then you have a spiritual gift. But then this is also true about you in First Peter 2, 9. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. See, this verse says that you're chosen by God. That you're a priest. You are God's special possession. And with that comes a gift from God. Now, look at what Paul said about this in 1 Corinthians 7, 7. He said, I wish that all of you were as I am, but each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift. Another has that. Congratulations. You're gifted. Every Christian has at least one spiritual gift. Right? That's what God has chosen to do. And so God gives spiritual gifts to all, to all followers of Jesus. Not just the famous ones, not just the, the special ones or, or the old ones, right? But, but all of us. And the incredible part in this is that you are gifted even if you don't feel like it. There's no special qualifications that are needed for you to get this. There's, there's no level of maturity that is required, right? In, in fact, there's no length of time even of following Jesus at the moment of salvation, God's spirit comes inside of you and he gives you one of these gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 11. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides the gift each person should have, which is most of us. Sitting in this room, sitting at all of our campuses this weekend, if you have a relationship with Jesus, you have a spiritual gift. Let's answer the what question. So what are the spiritual gifts? Well, the reality is is that there are are many. There is a lot of different spiritual gifts. And there's a lot of different opinions on what spiritual gifts are or their definitions or what are or aren't. I would advise on this case not to Google spiritual gifts. It's probably more confusing than helpful. But 1 Corinthians 12 verse 4 says this. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. See, there are different gifts, but it's the same Spirit that is the source of all of those gifts. Now, there's four main passages in the Bible where you can discover lists of of spiritual gifts. Uh, Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians uh, 4, and 1 Peter 4 right and those are written by three of them are written by Paul Uh, one is written by Peter but what you're gonna see is is even though those are the main passages right and we don't have time to unpack all of the lists that are in there let me just give you my personal opinion I don't think that this is an exhaustive list I think that that if God wanted us to have a clear list of spiritual gifts I think that that he could have given us one kinda like the Ten Commandments I, I personally believe that God has the power and the right to do whatever he wants with the, the gifts that he gives. That's just my opinion. But, but let me just give you a couple of examples of what you'll find in, in those lists gifts like this, the gift of encouragement. It's the ability to bring out the best in others and challenge them to develop their potential. Some of you hear that and you're like, I, I might have that gift. Right? I love doing that. I always love seeing the best in other people. And I love, I love trying to point those things out and helping them see the potential that God has in their lives. Maybe I have the spiritual gift of encouragement. Or how about wisdom? Wisdom is this, it's the ability to understand God's perspective on life situations and share that in a simple and understandable way. Some of you are like, I might have that gift. In fact, there are always people in my life that are coming to me with problems and struggles and issues and I'm able to kind of see the the, the issues from from God's perspective and actually give them some simple and some clear ways on how they can begin to, to live in a different way or as a result of that. Maybe that's my gift. Maybe it's a gift of hospitality, the ability to make others, especially strangers, feel warmly welcomed and accepted and comfortable. See, these are just a few of the gifts that God gives to us. But let me also say that, that if you don't have one of those three gifts that I list, it doesn't mean that you're off the hook for doing those things, right? You can say, well, I don't have the gift of wisdom, so I guess I don't have to make wise decisions. No, that's not, that's not what it says. Or I don't have the gift of encouragement, so I don't have to be nice to people. No, that, that's, that's, not, that's not the point. We still encourage, we still make wise decisions. But if you have those gifts, you're just really good at it, right? It just comes natural to you the way that God has gifted you. See, when we use our gifts, it fills us up. It gives us joy. We get to a place where we just want to use them over and over and over again because in it we discover significance and purpose. No single gift has been given to everyone. Okay, I just want to make sure that we know that. No single gift has been given to everyone. We all have those people in our lives that are, are just, they seem to be good at everything, right? We, we like them, but we kind of hate them too at the same time. right? Like We know those people, but it says that no one, has, no one has every gift. 1 Corinthians 12, 29. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. Let me give you an example. After church today, you go out to, uh, to get something to eat, and, uh, and you drop your plate of food. And someone that has the spiritual gift of mercy, they come up and they say, "Oh, I am so sorry, are, are you okay? And then someone else that has the gift of service, they come up and, and they don't ask you if you're okay. They just get down on their hands and knees and they begin to clean up the mess, right? The food and, and the broken pieces and, and whatever else. And then someone else with the gift of teaching, they come up and they, they want to tell you if you had balanced your plate different and put a little more chicken on this side, right? That never, that never would have happened because everyone's got an opinion and wants to share that uh, with others. Maybe someone else with the gift of, of exhortation comes up and says, hey, it's okay. There's a champion inside of you. And you're like, I don't know what that means, but I feel good, right? I feel really good about that. And maybe someone with the spiritual gift of giving comes up and says, here, have, have my plate. I've barely eaten off of it. And, and someone with the gift of administration comes and says, all right, here's what we're going to do. Sue, you go get a mop. Bob, you get him another plate, right? Cindy, start cleaning up this mess. And they're just telling everybody where to go and what to do. See, we all have one, but no one has all of the gifts, which is really cool because what it means is that we need each other. We're gonna talk about how you discover your gift in just a couple minutes. But let me answer the where question. Where do spiritual gifts come from? Well, they come from God, right? And, and this is the really cool part. It's not that God's just like throwing a bunch of stuff out there and wherever it lands, it lands. They're personal, right? They have your name on them. First Peter 4.10 says this, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. You see, God is the source of your gifts. You can't earn a spiritual gift. It's not something that you do. That's, you don't deserve it. It's, it's not like a Boy Scout or a, a brownie badge. Like you read your Bible for two weeks and ding, like you get a gift, right? Like that. It doesn't happen that way. My dad, when, uh, when I was growing up, he would travel sometimes for work, and uh, uh, he would bring us things, right, from the places he was. I remember he, he brought cassette tapes a, a lot, which if you're a millennial, you can Google that and uh, I know what that is, but, but I remember once he brought me a Michael Jackson cassette tape, right, and, and I, I was like, Dad, I didn't know you were that hip, right, like this is very, very cool. I don't think my mom thought it was cool because the next trip he brought me a Kenny Rogers cassette tape, and, uh, and that was not really nearly as cool, uh, and it was also the first time that I got beat up at school. And so, uh, and so that, was, that was awesome, right? But the older that I got, it seemed like the less that, that he kind of put effort into giving those gifts. He's like, here's a bag of peanuts, right? Like, I'm, I'm like, you just had a plane. It was, it was on the plane. You didn't even buy it. But there's a difference, right? God does a much better job of giving out gifts to us. He says, I've got a gift that's designed just for you, that I want to give to you. I've got a gift that I want to give to you. I've got two gifts that you're gonna need to fulfill the purpose and the plan that I have for your life. God's designed us with these gifts to live out those purposes. Let me answer the why question. Why are spiritual gifts important? Well, they're important because we need them to help each other grow. See, you you don't have spiritual gifts to make you a more mature Christian. That's just not how it works. When you know what your spiritual gifts are, when you use them, You're going to become more mature as a result, but spiritual gifts are not to make you more mature. The point and the focus of spiritual gifts is to help each other grow. 1 Corinthians 12, seven. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. See, that's the focus of the gift or, or the gifts that God has given you. It's not you, it's someone else. Yes, you will benefit every single time you use it, but more so will be the person or the people that are impacted by the gift when you use it. See, that's why serving selflessly is such an important thing for us here at Hope Community Church. We believe it's taught all throughout the Bible and it's something that should be active and growing in our walk, in our relationship with God. In fact, the Bible is very clear on this, that it is a sin to waste the gifts that God has given me. Jesus talked about a couple of different times, a couple of different stories about, about people who didn't use what God had given to them. 1 Timothy four fourteen says, do not neglect the spiritual gift you received. See, when you don't use it, two parts of, of the church, two parts of our family actually suffer as a result. The first is you, because you don't get to fulfill the, the purpose and the plan that, that God has for you when you're not using your gifts. The second is, is everybody else. See, if you don't discover it, if you don't open it, if you don't use it and put it into practice, it's not just you that misses out. We, we miss out too. You were created to contribute to my spiritual growth. You were created to contribute to everyone else's spiritual growth in here. And when we don't develop and, and, and discover and develop the gifts that God has given us, then we all lose as a result, right? You, you know what it's like to injure a part of your body. And when you can't use that part, when it doesn't function properly, maybe it's in a cast or whatever it is, you, you can still do stuff, but everything becomes a lot harder when you can't use the body part the way that it was intended to. When you don't use your gift, everyone misses out. So let's answer the how question. Right, because we know that, that every Christian has a gift. Right, everyone has at least one. No one has all of the gifts. They they come from God. The the purpose of these gifts, right, is to to help each other grow. So, how do I find my spiritual gift? Well, here's the answer: it's it's through doing ministry. So, you're not going to discover your your spiritual gift by sitting here. I don't, I don't care how hard you pray. Right, you're not going to wake up in the morning and your toast is going to pop up and it's like written on there. That's a, That's just not. It's not going to happen. 2 Timothy 1.6 says, This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift that God has given you. You discover your spiritual gifts by going out and by doing and by helping and by serving, by getting involved in the lives of people around you. And when you do that, you're going to begin to discover the things that you're just really, really good at. And when you're good at those things and you're doing those things, other people benefit from it. First Peter 4.10, we looked at this verse, but it says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. I am to use the gifts that God gives me. Let me just say this. It's easier for you to discover your spiritual gift through doing ministry than it is to discover your ministry through your spiritual gift. I'll be honest here, in, in the history of the church, right, we, we haven't done a great job, we've kind of made this messy, we've created in the church over the last centuries all kinds of titles and positions, especially for, for religious leaders, things that aren't even in the Bible, stuff like clergy and, and reverend and, and stuff like that. And the problem is, is it created this division between pastors and, and church staff and, and, and everybody else. But the Bible doesn't describe it that way. The Bible says that we are all equal, that we are all priests, that we all have equal access to God. But I still get this all the time. Right? I'll get people that'll come up and say, Pastor, could you, just, could you put in a, a word with the, with the big man for me? And I'm like, I, okay, but I don't have any, right? you have the same access to him that, that I do. He, he wants to listen to you too. But, okay, it happens at dinner all the time. Pastor, will you, will you bless the food? And I'm like, why? What, what's wrong with it? Right? Like, do, you know, do you know something that I don't know? Because I don't have magical powers. If there's something wrong with the chicken, tell me now right? before we go any, any further with this. I like to play golf, and, and I, guess, I guess I'm okay, I, I shoot in the 70s, um, sometimes I'll even shoot in the 60s, but if it gets any colder than that, I, I go inside, right, and I, I don't want anything to, to do with that. It was terrible, um, but I was, I was playing once with a group of guys, and, and I was playing, and there was this storm that was rolling in, and, uh, and they all started, like, nodding at me. They're like, they're like, what? and I'm like, what is wrong with you guys? And they're like, like, talk to him, right? Like, make the storm, like, go away, and, I, and I'm like, guys, it doesn't work that way. I, I'm in sales, not in management, right? Like, I don't know how, it just doesn't, it doesn't do that. Let me give you the job description of every person that works here at Hope and really should work in any church anywhere around the world. It's this, it's a four, Ephesians 4.11. Now, these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to catch this, equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Our job is not to do church for you. Our job is not to entertain you. Our job is not to be the spiritual directors of your kids. Our job is to encourage you. It is to equip you, and it is to empower you to use what God has given you. And when we do that together, we advance God's purpose in this world. I want you to to hear the rest of Christina's story and how she discovered selflessly how God has gifted her and, and what that's done in her life. Turn
0: your attention to the side screens. After high school, I got accepted to Meredith College. I got introduced to the autism program. I had no idea what autism was before that. I got so into it. That became my passion. That became something I had loved. When I decided to give my life back to Christ, they mentioned serving where you're gifted. And so I decided to serve with special needs ministry because that's kind of where I'm gifted. My two favorite passions are Jesus and special needs, and I get to combine that and do that every single day. Uh, That is a beautiful thing for me. I help different families um, come in, families that are broken, families that um, may have never been able to come to Hope before. They can finally come. They can have their own classroom. They can learn about God so amazing to see them worshiping on Saturday nights and seeing them being able to praise God in their own way, it's beautiful. A special needs has been a huge part of my life and for me to be able to give back through ministry is huge. Sometimes when I think of the person I was before, um, I can feel shamed by it, I can feel neglected by it, but I needed to go through that process. I know that I'm a very stubborn person and I know that God had to break me down to the point that God had to build me up, where the only person I could depend on was God. If God did not get me to where I am today, I would not be able to help all these families, which is truly remarkable for me. My life has changed a lot since God. I ended up meeting this amazing man. We ended up getting married. Now we're expecting a child. I'm not angry anymore. I'm very happy, I'm very content. I found peace in my heart and realized that it's not me against the world. It can be my relationship with Jesus that strengthens me every day.
1: I love that how Christina has discovered how God has gifted her and how that has impacted and changed her life. Let me give you three things real quick for that you can begin this week to discover how God has gifted you. The first is that you experiment through doing ministry. You just try something. Go out and try something. Something you think you'll enjoy. Something you think you'll be good at. I love working with high school students and helping them grow in their relationship with God. And so I serve in our high school ministry every week as as a small group leader. I I love that, right? And and so you just pick something and you just go and try it. Last weekend, we gave you a card that led to a a website, right, that has over 70 different ministries here at Hope. Over 70 different ways in which you could put yourself in a position where you can discover how God has gifted you. And literally every single week, people will come to you with needs in their lives so that you get to put it into practice and try it out. That's the best way to discover your gifts is is just to experiment, just get involved and try. Here's the second thing is then you evaluate your effectiveness, right? Which is very, very simple. The wrong question to ask is, is, was it easy, right? Because reality is that ministry is, is often hard and it's messy because it involves people, and so the wrong question is, is, was it easy? The right question is, is, did I love it? Did I enjoy doing it? Yes, it was hard. Yes, there were some things that really stretched me. Yeah, there were some times where I felt vulnerable and maybe even a, a little insecure, but I, I really loved doing it. There was something inside of me that did just seemed to come alive when I was doing that. When you're using your gift, you will love what you're doing. In fact, the Bible says that if we use, if we use our gifts without love, that it's completely worthless. Here's a third thing is that you expect confirmation from others. When you choose a ministry and you get involved and you begin to, to try and discover your gifts, people are quickly going to give you feedback. And if you hear stuff like, you are so natural at this, right? you were made to do this. When you do this, like there, there's, the, there's the biggest smile on your face, like, like it just looks like you love what you're doing, then you're in the right spot. If you hear stuff like, hey, thanks for, for greeting today, can I just ask you a quick question? Do you like people right? Or, or if you're in Kid City and they're like, you're, yeah, you, thank you again for serving. You can't use duct tape though, right? Like if you hear stuff like that, then you're probably in the wrong ministry. Now hear me on this. Don't quit and go, I just can't do this, right? No, no, no. It just means you shouldn't be doing that, right? And so that's okay. Try something else and keep going until you discover how it is that God has gifted you. Now, if you're here and you're like, Donnie, I I still, I don't even have a clue where I would even begin. Well, we put a resource online that you can go to and then this will help you begin to discover maybe how God has gifted you and some of the passions that you have in your life. I don't think this is the best way for you to discover. I really believe the best way is just get involved and just do something that you think you would be good at and something you think you would love to do. But if this resource helps you get started in that, then please feel free to go ahead and use it. Here's the key, God's gift in me reveals God's goals for me. God's gift in me, the way he's gifted me reveals the goals that he has for my life as I follow him. Imagine what that would look like. Imagine what that would look like in in your life if you use those gifts. Imagine what it would look like in our church if we used our gifts together, 100% of us. I want to close with this, and uh, I want to read you a letter that I received a couple years ago. And Let me just set it up. I, I, I don't mean this. I, I'm not reading this because I'm trying to brag about myself. That's not what it is. I think most of you know my heart with that. That's not why I'm reading this. I'm reading this because I want you to listen to how God used a gift that he's given me to impact the life of someone else. It says this, Donnie, I, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate your message tonight. I think you're awesome, but this was more than just you being awesome. I've been very depressed lately, and my plan was to end my life tonight. If no one noticed me, and how depressed I am. Your message remind me that everyone on earth can forget about me. They can treat me poorly or tell me that I'm worthless, but God doesn't feel that way. And he is all that should matter. While you were the one who delivered the message tonight, I feel like it was God's message to me. Probably one he's tried to tell me all week and I refuse to hear it. Anyway, I just wanted you to know how much your message tonight meant to me. It literally may have saved my life. Thank you, as always, for everything you do. When you use the gift that God has given you, you have no idea what kind of impact that can have in someone's life. You will benefit from it. You will find joy and significance, but the greatest joy and significance will come in the ways in which God uses you to impact someone else what if we became a little more selfless? We discovered our gifts, and God used you to change the life of somebody else. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your incredible love. God, we don't deserve any of this, but you chose to do it for us because you loved us. And so God, I pray that you help us to discover the gifts that you have given us. And Father, in, in appreciation of that, that we will use those gifts that we will put them into practice. And that God, somehow, some way, just because you are God and, and we're not, you'll take those things. And that God, you'll use them in ways that impact the lives of others in ways that we could never, never imagine. God, I still get nervous when I come out here on stage, but I regularly think of, of this letter. God, you know that I regularly stand back on stage and, and just pray, God, if you can use me to speak to one person tonight. If you can use this gift somehow to impact someone's life, then God, may you be glorified in that. God, may we all discover how you've gifted us. And may we all discover the joy and the significance that comes when you use that to impact the life of someone else. Jesus, we love you and we thank you. We pray all these things in your name, amen.